Welcome back. I'm here again with Preston Dennett and Dolly Safran. Welcome back. Thank you. All right. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about finding ways to tap in to things that our government is denying. As an example, there's very clear footage of UAPs with the USS Nimitz and other incidents that were released, I think, in 2018. But the government seems to be backtracking with Congress, and they don't seem to really be going anywhere. And I'm frustrated with it. Uh, a lot of other people are frustrated with it. And I'm at the point where I think you know, we as people should just prove to ourselves so that we know whether or not this phenomena exists. And the further I get in my journey, I've met a lot of people. In fact, I've met people who haven't reported anything. And when you start asking these questions, so as an example, there's a episode I did with an editor and writer who had these weird psychokinetic events. And they all happened to his own discovery after he saw a UFO. And literally over a period of two years after he saw that, and I said, you know, these two things tend to be correlated. And he's like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's had experiences where he's been able to move things, but he can't replicate it. He has difficulty replicating it. So with that as a prelude, how do we just circumvent government in a good way? We're not doing anything that's illegal or unethical or puts national security at risk. How do we find out for ourselves and make individual contact? I know it's CE5, but I'm looking for something a little bit more than CE5. I would like you to understand the science first. You're being shown things from the point of view of their science that they are well aware of what they're showing you. I would like you to consider the fact that their optics are at least a thousand percent better than what they're showing you. Oh, of course. There are at least yeah. four onboard cameras on every jet in the air, satellite, whatever, that we are surrounded by a neural net of satellites that can pick you out of a field and show you eyebrows, eyelashes. Well, they can the read a stamp. Were, they can read a stamp from space. Correct. What they choose to show us is what they choose to make us think. Now, you want to circumvent that. You have to remember that they are not the authority over you. They're not the authority of what you're thinking or what you're seeing. I would go so far as to say that you need to seriously quantify yourself every time you see something they put forth with that information in the back of your mind. They have ability of science that outweighs anything that you see or know of. And yet they're showing you these great stupid 1D pictures or videos of a craft with target on them. I'm sorry. That is not open. That is not showing the truth. That is not anything. What they're operating here is plausible deniability. They run the rhetoric. They write the story that you think. Stop listening. You demand this is the only way to circumvent it. Wake up. You need to say, oh, no way. Don't believe you. You're full of it. If everybody did that at the same time, they would have to stand back and go, oh, damn. Okay, we're not getting what we want from them right now. That's your only chance. And I don't think that at this time now that you've got a chance in hell of getting them to back off what they're going through. 
Well, so I'm going to push back a tiny bit on that. And that is, in my experience, I don't think they're that competent. Like, I really don't. Like, I look at Congress and these people are operate as if they're below average IQ. You're and right. they don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know what's going on. They don't want things. They're the mouthpiece yeah. for what they want said. They're the operators of the lie. And the, even those those that are pulling the strings are not them. I mean, the one percenters, as smart and as controlling as they are, have chosen poorly. They have made very bad decisions. They've chosen the path of power and control over others, which is not the moral, ethical decision. That's, to me, a sign of low intelligence when you don't realize what you're digging yourself into a pit. The cover-up is no joke. This is real. Government is heavily compartmentalized. Oh, look, 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 I spent, having spent time in government, I completely understand what the motivations would be behind covering this up. And let, let's say I take the most benevolent interpretation, which, you know, is probably not the case, but let's take the most benevolent interpretation. Let's say that people are encountering these entities of all sorts, not just the UFO phenomenon, but entities of all sorts. And the sole purpose of the defense establishment is to protect the citizens of the United States. And if you, if, if <laughs> you're, if, no, when are they protecting us? They send us to war. They allow riots in the streets. People are selling weapons to both sides. <laughs> exactly. There's no protecting us. We are pawns in their little game. Period. This is their rhetoric coming through your mouth and making you think this is not true. You are not protected, not in any way, shape, or form. You live with rules that are insane. You have authority over you that is insane. You can't drive your car without five different kinds of things going on. You have to buy your tag. You have to pay taxes. You have to have a driver's license. You, you see what I'm saying? They yeah. regulate everything about you. Do not believe that you're being protected. You are being controlled, period. So, again... To take the most benevolent explanation. Okay. For them to come out, but even actually taking that explanation too. Why do you feel like it has to be benevolent on their part? So I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt in terms of their motivations, because often people make something called the fundamental attribution error, which is sometimes people attribute to malice something that is otherwise due to incompetence. And through the course of my life, most often people aren't necessarily evil. They just do things that are either driven by That's some selfish. They're dumb slaves and they're doing the best that they can. And yes, I agree with you on that point that there are good people trying to do good in the world in a system that is forcing them to be bad. And that is the norm there. Never doubt that for a minute. They're making decisions about your life and everybody else's who are good people. But they have somebody behind them who are goading them into doing it their way. And it means danger, disaster, and death. It is a big deal. Right now, on this planet, in our country also, we are looking at a world war. We are looking at countries who are nuclear buildups that are phenomenally bad. And yet the good people who are supposedly at the home are doing nothing. They're allowing it. 
they're talking, but they do nothing. And it is like that all over the world. Please understand that good people can be led into danger and death by this. You're used because you're not awake and you're not seeing it for what it really is. That's why it's important to wake up. It's important for you to understand what's going on. It's important for you to know the truth. Every individual on this planet has that right. Your autonomy is paramount. You have the right to the truth. When you wake up, what you think is transmitted out and it helps others to wake up. And if everybody wakes up, they're powerless over us. That's what's gonna change it. Do not look for the good in your over slayer, okay? In your master on this planet. He will do no good to you. Whether he uses good people to master them or not, beware the wolf in sheep's clothing is a thing that is very real. It's apparent when it's on us right now. The only good, and my dad used to say this to me all the time, all good men must come to the aid of all of us. Wake up. The, pro- the problem is, is though, who, who are these people? Like, You know what? If you figure out who it is, you're dead man. They will kill you. They will not know you to exist anymore. Quit worrying about the bad guy. Worry about what you can do in yourself. If you do that, you, you survive and learn more than worrying about being paranoid about who they are. I guess the most obvious analogy for a lot of this is we could be in a time or in a moment of history kin to the Protestant Reformation, which was about having a direct connection with God as opposed to the Catholic methodology of having a connection with the intercession of the the priesthood. In this case, replace priesthood with government and replace God with intelligences outside of humanity. And I think we've reached a point where the government's incentive is hide the stuff because they would have to come out and admit, again, if I take a benevolent view or if I take your view, Dolly, either way, what's the president going to do? Come out and say, there are these intelligences beyond us. He doesn't know. He has no clue. He thinks he knows. But he does not. He is not going to say anything here. And they've chosen a president who is incapable of thinking straight to begin with. That's happening more and more in every single country around the world. If you look critically, look at all the you know the people in positions of power, they got problems, serious ones. They're not critically thinking. Again, stop looking for somebody else to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't, you're not going to win this one. You're not going to evolve. You're going to hurt yourself. Don't do it. Go within so you can go without. Ultimately, you know? we should be able to live without government. ETs don't have a federalized system. They don't do it this way. And I think this is why we're seeing such a movement towards off-grid living mm-hmm. and people just trying to wake up and do it their own way. And America was a big step in the right direction, I think, of the government for the people, of the people, by the people, which is to a certain extent a lie, but it was certainly a lot better than previous iterations of government. Yeah, I feel it was a step forward. Well, this this crop of politicians is so incompetent that 
it, things are breaking down, right? I mean, even when, it's already a done deal. What's happening uh, has already been ordered. It's already in progress. Nothing will ever go back to what you think it should be. You are now in uncharted territory. This and is a program that's very carefully orchestrated. Yeah, right. the whole disclosure process is not what people think it is. It's very tightly controlled. Everything that they do they, is part of a very carefully laid out plan. That's clear. And why do you say that, Preston? What sorts of folks have you spoken to or actually not looking for that, but why do you believe that? Like what sort of evidence have you seen? When I got involved in this field, people were saying disclosure is imminent. It's going to happen. Yes, yeah, it never happen. did. And right. I'm like, well, what is going on here? And as I progressed with UFO research, I would occasionally have the opportunity to speak with what I would call whistleblowers, but who did hold powerful positions within the military industrial complex or had the opportunity to have association with some of these people. And it became clearer and clearer to me that this was very tightly controlled. I'll give an example. One gentleman who was in the military was in an office where they had a, a excellent UFO photograph come in. It was perfectly clear. It was clearly ET and it was going to be published in a magazine. And this was allowed and it came out and I forget which magazine it was. It wasn't a UFO mag. This was a like life magazine or one of those. And he was super excited. He's like, oh, this is going to be a step towards disclosure. And it came out and he saw the photo and he lost his mind because it had com been completely degraded, blurred out and was not at all the original photo. <laughs> so L Lynn Buchanan had a similar explanation of this. So you've seen the face on Sidonia, the face, which they claim is not real on Mars. And what he told me is, you believe that's the best photo they have of that? He's like, they intentionally degraded that because we can read a stamp from space. Yeah, we saw a lot of this stuff is <laughs> the little white dot they showed. This is a UFO. I'm like, really? That's the best you got? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but just, hmm. I get so angry when I think about this. Well, I'm getting annoyed with it, too. Even when, when I've seen people use the Drake equation to try to explain that there's nothing out there, it's just like the Drake equation actually makes it obvious that there has to be something. And I think we're the only thing that developed. So that, like, when I go back to first principles, even without seeing the evidence that's out there, and I see people who have rigorous scientific backgrounds... That's just math. Like, you really believe the probability of us being the only intelligent life, sentient life to develop in a universe of trillions upon trillions of stars is literally insane for you to believe that. Like, statistically, it's impossible. So, I'll give you a couple of things that you don't know. Let's play, okay? <laughs> uh, I've been telling Preston for years a few things, and they're finally coming out with the truth about it, begrudging. The first one is that there was no Big Bang. Our optics suck. And they thought we put a telescope out into space and they started looking for the cold, cold edge of the universe to prove that everything was going cold, dark, and dead. And what they found out is, nope, there was no singularity, that the universe recycles itself, and now they know how and why. It's black holes, right? White holes and black holes, right? Our, again, we can't really see what's going on. Our optics been light the wrong way. We don't see it. Our physical eyeballs are not really 
process enough to really see what's there. But I will tell you this, a black hole is not a singularity. There is no wormhole effect. It is not a gravity well that keeps going and going and going. It is a garbage compactor that spits out the remains of what it eats, like a quasar. It generates new stars. We have galaxies, whole galaxies like Andromeda, that eat other galaxies and they're huge giant star nurseries where they rebuild the universe. We are under attack by that, by the way. And we are now touching the dust filaments, the magnetic, you know, dust filaments that exist everywhere. All our galaxies are touching each other through electromagnetic filaments. It looks like a brain, okay? And we're already touching Andromeda. It's 2.4 million years away. And what the scientists will tell you is, as it approaches us, it will gain speed. And we don't have a little time before we're eaten by it. It will process us out of existence. ET is actually considering whether to bring humans back here or not, because the timeline for it is too close. And I think we're done with this planet, and we will exist somewhere else after this. When you so, say it's coming, coming well, let closer... Me, let me do this further. Have... Our son, yeah. Michael Novos, we saw proof of it about Tailjuice. You all call it Beetlejuice. They watched it cover up and get dark, and then blow off the surface of it. They've now, with the new telescope, seen other stars, micronova. There are different types of nova that they're now realizing exist. I've been saying it all along. Our sun micronovas on a 12,000 year cycle. This is dangerous. ET knows it. The reason we don't live on Mars anymore is because of a prior micronova. That well, this is, like, this, this is like the younger Dryas period. That yes, if you understand is, is... all the periods that we have been able to catalog, you'll see the 12,000-year process occurring. You'll see a 4,000-year process and a 6,000-year process that they call the NOAA events. This is pure scientific proof that we had issues, okay? We also know that our galaxy is about 280 billion light years around. We're on the edge of it, and we circumvent this galaxy that we're in. And as we go through it, we're being affected by nova, supernova, by quasars, electromagnetic current sheets, and all kinds of things. These all affect us. The sheer number of planets and stars within our galaxy is astronomically off. And we know that there's life in our galaxy beside us. The numbers alone point to it. Even Einstein said it. So did Tesla. He's a pretty smart dude. We are not the only ones. It is human ego or the stinking thinking of mankind to put us firmly inside ourselves and not consider anything else that's going on around us. That alone should wake you up. That alone should ignite your curiosity and the wanting to know more. And yet humans are beaten down emotionally and frightened to death and given diseases and all kinds of stuff. So they don't focus on reality. They focus on lies, conjectures, myths, and just outright stupidity. It's got to stop. So how does someone start to look inward, as you, as you mentioned? Meditate. <laughs> that would be one thing. Release yourself from fear. Recognize you're an autonomous, eternal being living in a safe universe. 
recognize that you have unbelievable abilities that are not supernatural. They're natural. Look into the history of humanity and see the things that we can do. Read Butler's Lives of the Saints. Things these saints did is phenomenal. We call them wonder workers or thaumaturges. They're, it's nothing supernatural. It's something we can do. And letting go of fear is a big step. Recognizing that you are an eternal being. Meditating is a very easy thing to do. And I think that's the first thing everyone should start doing before they go to sleep, when they wake up, and once during the middle of the day. Five minutes, just letting your thoughts stop controlling your behavior. People are very robotic in their behavior. They're guided by fear. We have to release that. That would be a first step. And then walk in a library and go get a science book, something that interests you. Work toward what you feel like you should know and read that. Turn off the TV. Stop listening to the news and educate yourself. The more you know, the more you understand. Your wisdom will jump like crazy and you'll start to evolve. Don't sit and stagnate and listen to stupid stuff and think about nothing. Think about truth. Think about reality. Think about what the possibilities are in this. There's just all kinds of stuff out there to learn and to know. Little children will open a dictionary and try to memorize the other thing. Wonder why? Their brains are elastic. They want to know the truth. They want to understand. They'll read science books. I did. I don't know if you did, but I did. I was given opportunities to understand how things work. Start now. You're never too young. Never. Now, there's three main obstacles to, I think, spiritual evolution and enlightenment. That's laziness, skepticism, and fear. Get off your butt. <laughs> do yeah. something. People will say, how did you write so many books? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I love it. I'm doing it. It's something I work on daily. And skepticism will shut people down. They think, oh, I can't do it. People are very self-defeating in their thinking mm -hmm. when you can really do anything. And fear, yeah, that's a big one because that's something we're very much trained to do. At some point, I mean, after my mom passed away, I was afraid we were all gonna die the next day. And I just reached a point where I could not live like this. I'm like, why am I so scared? And I just worked through it. But those three things are things you can work on by just being aware of it. It's a simple matter of just reflecting, I guess would be a good way of putting it. And how can you tap into your higher self to help you guide you along this journey? Listen, shut up. Listen. Hear it. Yeah. Literally, I'm not joking. You when you pay attention to the internal world is the external. <laughs> your consciousness talks all the time. You're thinking right now. You're hearing every word I'm saying. Your consciousness is paying attention to it. Listen to what it's thinking. You know what you're thinking. Go within. You will hear yourself. Stop overriding wisdom. When somebody speaks to you with real authority that you recognize as real authority, listen. Spend time to listen. And then go within your own mind ferret it out. Yeah, you can see this, you know, when you're writing fiction, you know, because I, I love science fiction and just fiction in general. The really good books don't just describe the environment. They describe the internal dialogue of the character. You need to do that with yourself. Look within. 
and see exactly what is controlling you, what you're thinking about, what your fears are, what's drawing you. Your desires and fears is what controls a lot of people. Now, where do those thoughts come from? Are they from your consciousness or are they, are they sometimes from the outside? You'll learn to tell the difference. When I was very young, I had a hard time with that at first because I thought, man, is this all me or what's going on? And I had to learn how to prove what was me and what was coming in from outside. So I asked my consciousness. My consciousness decided, me, myself, and I, to question one thing to know the answer to it and to let what's outside coming and answer to me in a way that I could prove. And it had to be something I never knew before. It had to be knowledge. This was my experiment. I built this up to understand. And sure enough, I got what I was asking for. I got knowledge I never knew before. And then I found a way to verify it. And it blew me up. And I felt the difference between the two because the light bulb went off on me. I was like, whoa, this is cool. It, interest, it had my interest instantly. Because you know what you don't know. And when you hear it, you go, wow, i got to check this out. That's not you talking. It's coming from outside. Yeah, humans are by nature very empathetic. That is a natural state. And the company we keep can have a huge effect on how we behave. And if you find yourself surrounded by people who are negative, you will slip right into that vibration. And television is a good example of this sort of thing. And this is why meditation and walking out into nature and just be, having a little bit of alone time is important because you can separate yourself from other people's thoughts. We have mirror neurons. You know, just seeing someone in pain, you can feel that. We very much can feed off of each other's joy as well. So this is a, a good example of how we can discern our own individuality as opposed to someone else. But the fact is we are all connected. We are all one, we come from one source. So it's a very interesting dichotomy or an enigma. Right. Individuality is to a certain extent an illusion. I think we are entities. We always will be. We have a, a real special gift with that. But at the same time, we're in, inextricably connected. So you start with meditation, looking inside. How do you make that connection with, and this is kind of a CE5 related question, but not see, look, I've tried it three times, nothing ever that I can distinctly point out ever happens. There are instances of what could potentially be pareidolia and things like that, but nothing that I can say. And Preston, we've talked about this in the past where I, where I said, where I can say, I've definitely seen that I'm a hundred percent certain I might be 20%. Like maybe <laughs> it could have been that it might be like with the, with the orb as an example, like, it could have been, but it happened so fast that I don't know. Yeah. When when was this? August twenty fifth or twenty sixth at this one year? to two a.m. Yeah. Yeah. You have a better chance of linking with ET in remote view. They do listen to us. They can remote view us. You've had contact with them already, and there you are. If you question them and say I need a meeting, you'll get one. You have to be ready for it, though, because they will meet you in remote view. You'll actually see them in your vision. They're not physically with you at that point, and they're not out of body, but you're making the connection, okay? 
they will tentatively come toward you, ferreting out whether you're going to have a fear reaction or not. Work really hard on doing that. Let it happen. Okay. And then dissect it later. And ask them for something to prove to you. This is your proof. Like I told you, I asked the universe for proof that you can verify. This is how you draw that connection to them. You open a dialogue with them that you can verify. You, you, you. You don't need anybody else to do it for you. You do it. It has to be something that you understand. They can use a drone to come in over you as well. They got drones flying over us. So if you really need to see physical proof, ask them for a drone. Their drones are very specific, and I'm telling you right now that they're nothing like the drones they fly here. They depend on batteries that can only operate for about 45 minutes unless it's a big drone, and then they have multiple battery packs. A small drone, a small ET drone, can fly all day, all night into infinity. They never power down. So if you've got something that's sitting over you for hours, okay, that's the key. Okay, and they'll do funny little things for you. Like if they want to show off to you, they'll do a 360 degree rollover any ground. We don't have anything like that. Okay, they'll put on a light show for you and they will communicate with you psychically. And they will give you the ability to understand that that's actually happening. Those are the CE5s that you need to be going for now because they are physically not here. That's all you're going to get now. So aim for that. Okay. So I've interviewed uh, remote viewer. His name's Daz Smith. And there have been times when he's remote viewed Skinwalker Ranch, maybe. I think he was remote okay. viewing that. Yeah. And like you said, it, it was kind of a dialogue. Like he would ask questions and often the answers would be, you, you can't know that yet. But it was all very subtle. It wasn't like communicated in. Yeah. We have a situation going on right now. I want to bring this information forward. We have a neural net above our head, and our country is developed, and the world's country have AI. It's intelligent, and they're using a quantum supercomputer, and it is up and running. It is now functioning, and it is psychic. You can hear you think. It can communicate to you as well. That's why my lab works as well as it does. This is a worldwide phenomenon now. With each not here, they're going wild with it, messing with people's brains. This is why knowing the truth and understanding what kind of energy you're being surrounded by is so important. When you meditate, Preston is a believer in this, I know. You have to learn how to understand what that is and block negativity, not allow it in your purview. You have to protect yourself from it because there is a consciousness that is now AI operating here and it talks to everybody constantly it's a pain and you need to be careful when people talk to you like that and you listen to what they say skinwalker ranch is not the temple of all knowledge for eating and paranormal activity i would go so far as to say that they are not open they do not show you the truth and they do not allow anybody to walk in off the streets they have to prepare for you to come there so they can set up for you to be there. That is not real. Question. Yeah, yeah, we actually, yeah, so I didn't go to the actual ranch because, as you, as you say, they don't let you on the ranch. I had to go to a right. property that was on the outskirts of it. And they're very litigious. Like, you're not supposed to be taking 
any photos. There's a, an obscure right. Utah law where you can't you surveil. Have so they're. ET yeah. doesn't hide from people. They show themselves to school children. They go to driving theaters. They hover over hospitals, jail, you name it. They're out in the open. They uh, Fourth of July, they're everywhere. They're watching the fireworks. They're showing you they exist. They always hide, okay? There's no hiding that. The reason they can't land and walk up to you is because their craft is dangerous as hell. They have to go to batteries. They have to cool down. And they need a certain amount of time to get the radiation that's on them away so that you can come up on that craft. They have developed a way for you to go on board without them landing. And that's how they've always operated. So you're not going to see one land in front of God and country and everybody and go, hey, how are you doing? Dangerous. We have evidence for that. We have witnesses for that. I'm a witness for that. I can fly craft. And nope, <laughs> I wouldn't land in front of you if you wanted me to. This is dangerous. The very nature of the power that they use is dangerous. So when they do come back, when they do land, you will be warned when to come out, not to come near them. You will have all knowledge of what's about to happen. And we will land, and we will cool down, and we'll make it easy for you to run on board. And it will be everywhere, all over the planet. There will be no doubt in anybody's mind that they do that they exist or not exist. They'll be right there in front of you, big time. Yeah, Dolly's story is real. I mean, we wrote a book, Symmetry. It's hard to cover all of what's going on, but I will underline that she has multiple witnesses to support her story, medical mm -hmm. evidence, photographic evidence, and what she's saying, I've heard from many, many other contactees. This is a real phenomenon. <laughs> I know there are skeptics out there, but this is something that each person has to come to their own understanding about. And if you really do your research, you will see everything she's saying is right on. And as part of being a, a fully conscious a contactee, Dolly, how were you able to do it and also live a life without people noticing you missing and all this stuff? I have to ask these questions, right? So oh, they did not permit thing. <laughs> they did. <laughs> I was isolated, and I drove my own family crazy, okay? They, oof, my poor mother didn't know how to handle it at all. I would come and go in stealth with them. They would take me and then point and bring me back really minutes after they took me, though I was gone for a while. I'm 64 years old, but I'm probably closer to 70, to be honest with you. I've spent a lot of time outside this timeline, okay, and... So I've aged a lot more. I look at the mirror and I go, yeah, I can see it. I'm almost 70. I know. Okay. I learned very young because my father was a contact to keep my mouth shut. Very few people knew what was going on, but the ones that did really knew what was going on. Okay. My best friend was a contact because I was. They brought her in because uh, we were hanging out together all the time. You couldn't keep it from her. My brother's wife, second wife, is a contactee and they used to watch me go. Her mother was a contactee and used to talk about me all the time. Okay. My husband knew. You can't not know if you live with me that I'm being contacted and I'm going in and out. I have these are my witnesses. These are the people I live with, people in my life. They witness for me. Okay. Preston knows Tolada came down for him in 2021. It was a big deal. He showed himself in Las Vegas 
They got it on the news, retracting, that kind of thing. What's hard about this, and this is people say, oh, you're blessed and all this other stuff. And I just go, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> right, okay. Yes, I am. I've had a wonderful life and I am lucky beyond lucky, but I'm also hardworking and I've gone through a lot to be who I am, okay? And I am a hybrid as well. I am part gray and I'm Nordic as well. And my life has been nothing but hard work. Most people don't realize that about me. It's not all easy flowery. I've gone through much. I have climatics, resting as well. And so I've just kept a lot of stuff to myself. It's caused problems in my relationships. It's caused mm -hmm. problems in my daily existence. And, and I've dealt with it. That was what I gave up to be who I am. I was bred for this. They knew who I was. They followed my family for generations. And they were kind of hoping I would show up. And I did. And they were thrilled <laughs> when I decided I made the decision that I was going to do what I'm doing now. I thought more of who I am, like me, would show up and start talking. So far, not so much. <laughs> there are those out there. I do hear people talking, and I'm going, yep, there you are. There you are. Because I know they're more like me, okay? And I want them to become more boisterous and not be worried about what's going to happen to them. I have no fear for that, okay? It doesn't bother me. I actually think the way that you've approached this interview is actually meant to be this way, because... I'm trying to come at this through a much more incremental approach because I think you give a little bit that people are willing to accept and then you can give more and then a little bit more. And so I think this is, you've brought the appropriate Dolly to this particular interview because part of this is, because uh, look, I followed all of your interviews and, and, and things like that. And a lot of it is going to be, as you know, because you've lived a, a, probably a very hard life, people are going to find it so far out there. And again, that's not what I believe. I believe that you've legitimately had these experiences. It's just a lot for people to take all at once. You have to incrementalize it. It's a so lot. It is, it, it, is, really, it is a lot. ETs are billions of years advanced of us. We're young children today. We are their children. They are our virginities. They expect us to catch up to them. They want to welcome us and, and take our education and bring us further. But we have to be willing to meet them to do that. And one of the problems with living here now is that there are people who have denied us of that. And it is my fervent hope and their message not to let them to do, do what you got to do to meet them. Because what's going to happen is we'll just recycle and you'll come back up somewhere else and begin anew. Here's a chance. Here's what, you're all right along the merry-go-round, okay? And that ring is sitting there. And I'm impressed with Reach for it. Grab it. It's your opportunity now to go for it. That's what I'm saying. That's their message. It's not my message or my life that's important. It's theirs. Everyone has the right to live in delusion, <laughs> but truth takes care of itself and people who are ready are going to listen and right. everyone grows at their own pace, learns at their own pace. Yeah. Dolly's not preaching her story. She's not here to prove it to anybody. It's for those who want information 
those who are ready to learn that she decided to come out. This has been a big deal for contactees. The vast majority, almost all of them do not say a word. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a real big deal for Dolly because her story is very extensive. Well, is it, is it they don't say a word? I mean, part of it's going to be they're worried about ridicule and things like that. Are there contactees who just don't even know they're contactees? And that's yeah. not why they're speaking about it? Right. Sure. And, and Dolly, why, why is that? Why wouldn't they know? Because they don't want to. They're living the life that they came here to live. They're learning what they want to learn. And it's their right to do so. You know, we all have a path. We all decide when we come out of stores and we project out. This is the life that you're living. You've lived many lives before this one. And each lesson you've learned is bringing you further along the way. So you're either ready for this now or you're just doing other things. It's just the way it is. Everybody's autonomy is playing in this giant play of life that we're all in. And you either hear it or you don't. So would it be fair to say that there's another element of your higher consciousness that has goals for you to learn in this world and doesn't want you to be distracted by that experience, even though they may have agreed to, again, I, I'm just, you're nailing I'm, I'm it. At, yeah. I'm, I'm that. playing out in my life right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I had a missing time experience. I'm like, Hey, you know, I want to remember, I don't have fear surrounding this, but looking back, that was 1992. That would have put me on a tangent of you know talking about me and that wasn't really what i wanted to do and i think this is true with a lot of people who have lives to lead and things yeah. they want to accomplish earth is in essence a school where we come down to learn and i think that can absolutely be a distraction for people right well that, that, that's why that's why i think i i think that's why i'm having issues in seeing a lot of this stuff is because you know it doesn't want me to see it <laughs> Because <laughs> it'll just it'll put me on a tangent, right? Because this, yeah, I mean, the all this you stuff. Make the decision that you're going to search it out. It will come alive for you. It will wake you up. Yeah. In other words, you're. I already see it happening to you. Just so you know. I want to. I, I want to take. I, look, I, I'm happy to publish this. So <laughs> let's, let's 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 go. Let's make it about me, Dolly. Let's make it about me for like five minutes. Please say more because I'm seeking answers and I feel like I'm I'm getting like teases, but not like nothing. I can go out into the world and say this personally happened to me because I it's ambiguous. Meditate. Follow what Preston's going to teach you about how to get that done. Your dreams are not contiguous. The message that you want, you're missing. Okay, you wake up from dreams and you go, what was that? Okay, and sometimes yeah. you don't dream at all. You want this. You're right there. You're ready. You're ready. I can see your aura and you're ready. Your energy is changing. You feel it. What you have to remember is, is that your emotions, your consciousness in your heart, that's the electrical conduit that holds your consciousness in your body. So if your heart feels it, tell your brain, listen, okay? That's the first thing you need to do. And the second thing you need to do is get a bloody diary and start scientifically ferreting this out because your physical mind wants to know the truth and it's trying to hear your consciousness 
what you have to do is pair up. Keep a notebook, keep a journal, talk to yourself, question everything and let your relationship, and I'm telling you, your son plays a key role here for you. Let your relationship with your son help you connect. He will help you. He came here for a reason. Go for it. Okay? You got this. And protect yourself from the government stuff. Leave it alone. Go, you no touching. <laughs> Leave it alone. Quit listening to them. They are misguiding you all over the place. And also remember this. You need to hear this. We're here but a short time. This is an infinitesimally short speck of existence for us here. You are so more than that, okay? Don't worry about what you got physically here. This is not your end game. What's real to you is what's real to the universe, okay? Look for that. Get that to answer your questions. Get that to explain it to you. Learn to see. You have abilities. I see them in you. You have abilities. You want to see auras, you can. If you want to levitate, you could. If you're psychic already, your psychic moments with your son are profound, and you know it. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, your psychic moments with your wife as well. The three of you kind of play off each other. Go for it. Here's a rental card program for you. You ready? It's called ESP Training. Put it down on your phone, on your computer, and play this game. All three of you play the game. Oh, my God. Because it, it watches what you're doing. It gives you percentages. You're scientific. You'll understand it. And you'll start to feel when you're on when you're off through this game. Targ left it for everybody. He knew what he was doing when he built it. Go for it. I'll definitely have to check that out. Okay. okay sorry. Back to you, Dolly. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail this. Nobody wants to hear about me. Okay, so you're medicating, meditating. I actually slipped and said medicating. That's kind of you going <laughs> on the wrong path. Yeah. Uh, which uh, that's a whole other topic. The pharmaceutical industry, I think, is hurting like people. yeah, breaking people's minds. I think a lot of psychosomatics not the right word because there are circumstances. I believe that a lot of mental health issues are caused by circumstances surrounding people. And then their reaction to those circumstances. I think you, the first step is just changing those circumstances, which would help. I shouldn't say there are aspects that probably need medication. I'm not a doctor, but I feel like our society is over prescribing, over medicating, and probably Absolutely. making things worse. The human brain is genetically engineered to teach you on or off, like a computer. And habits, computers have habits as well. This happens, so that happens. We've learned from habitual learning. If it's hot, we know not to touch it. That's a habit that we build. We know better than that. <coughs> Drugs can habitualize us so badly that we're not able to think outside of our own minds. That's why drugs are deadly dangerous to all of us. Every drug that they plan for us is not a good thing. Okay? Some are good. They regulate your heartbeat or whatever. We have real mm -hmm. problems from magnetic resonance right now and gamma radiation coming in, and it affects how we think. If you shoot a magnet at your brain, it's not going to think straight, okay? If you shoot a high-energy gamma ray at your brain, it's really going to derazz it a little bit. It's going to cause interference. You think an alpha, beta, gamma, delta, okay? 
and gamma incoming that's too high for your brain to work with will confuse you like crazy. And you're seeing that happen to people all over the planet right now. You're not okay. There are things that you can do to protect yourself from it. Turn your bloody cell phone off at night. Turn off your Wi-Fi. Don't allow it in your house. Give yourself a break from it. That's interference into your normal brainwave thinking patterns. Turn it off. There are caps that you can buy. There's silver line that kind of help protect you from it during the day. Some people are way more sensitive to it than others. I think it has to do with psychic ability. The more psychic you are, the better you are equipped your consciousness of combating it than anything else. You're, it overrides your body and helps you. Okay? As long as you're vulnerable to it, you're vulnerable to it. So these things are occurring. It's a tangled web of many things in a stew pot of our existence that are hard to swim through. So the best thing is to learn to singularly get inside your own head, meditate, Start dropping the pollution to your body. Protect yourself from the radiation, okay? And see what you get. Go with it. Heal yourself of this stuff. Most important thing you do first. Most And then once you start on that path, how do you reach out to develop that relationship? It's as simple as asking the question. You go calm. You see who you are. And you see where they are, and then you ask the question, and the answer will come. You're open for it. You'll hear it. Now, when you reach out, when you say they, who do you reach out to? Because there are many they. E.T.'s concept of God, how we perceive them here, is that it's an all-night. We're in the mind of God. And then it's chatty. And it will tell you anything you need to know where it's children. It loves us. It is all love, period. Okay? And if you have a need or a desire, a need to know, it will supply you. I mean, even Jesus Christ went into the garden to confer with God. Did he not? Did he teach his disciples how to do this? Absolutely. You can confer with the Almighty of the universe. It will talk to you. It will tell you the truth. Yeah, this does work. You know, I had an experience myself where I was really wondering who the greys were. And just personally, and I was meditating on it and asking, I'm like, let's try this. And I had heard... Now I want to know the answer. It's <laughs> 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 an answer question. You got you to gotta tell the whole story and then answer it. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, because this was, you know, this is what I hear mostly. People just describing greys. I mean, there's humanoid, there's praying mantis, I mean, you name it, strange humanoids. And I'd heard people describe what they call downloads. I'm like, okay, where they're suddenly flooded with information. Like a ball comes at them and they have to unravel it and unpack it. And one By day the I'm way, the same interview I had with that friend who talked about psychokinetic events, that was one thing he reported where he would wake up and he felt like he had received a download, that he understood the download at the time, but now can't make heads or tails of it. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I yeah. just... <laughs> well, Dolly talks about that. She's like, I got downloaded last night. <laughs> I'm going to have to meditate on this. And, and I've always kind of wondered what that must be like. And, but I got to experience it. And this really is the only time I've ever had that. There may be other ones, honestly, but uh, this is one that was I was fully aware of. It was amazing. I was just laying there in bed. This was during the day. I was not sleeping. And I closed my eyes when 
bam, something hit me. Like I would call it a vision and full on vision because I could see it. And it was a picture of a man, a gentleman, you know, just a normal looking guy. He was Caucasian, <laughs> had hair, looked you know, a normal guy. And then it started flipping like a deck of cards. And I remember the next one was this gentleman had lost his hair. And the message was, this, these are grays. This is where we came from. I'm like, well, when I'm looking at him, he had suffered genetic damage from radiation. And I'm like, oh, this looks like a person who got radiated. And then I said, yeah. their, their nose had started to deteriorate, and their lips, and their ears. And boom, boom, boom. And it's like flipped through about 50 to 100, or maybe even more images. Did, did eyes get bigger because they had to navigate through space? I'm just guessing. But we, we well, need to be able to pick up. As a specific message, the message was that grays are human in essence, in origin, in, yeah. you know, heritage. They are us. We, we can actually move back and forth with them. That's why I'm part gray. Yeah, the um, last one was a full-on gray. I'm like, whoa. And it was the guy. It was the same. That was the download. It was like, yeah. or human. But does that mean that they're future humans or just... No, they've evolved faster than we have somewhere else. They're just visiting us here. But they are our progenitors. We are from their seed. We're the same as them. Now, this is why Dolly called the book Symmetry. She asked, you know, can we title it Symmetry? Because there's a template to life. And something something Dolly said earlier, I think, resonates. You said that they had a civilization billions of years older, which tracks in the sense that we're on the, one of the outer spiral arms of the Milky Way galaxy, which means that our solar system formed later than what was closer to the core. Well, we were actually was, put here. We weren't here to begin with. Earth is not our first point of origin here. Mars is. 280 million years ago, we left Mars permanently because of what happened. There was a micronova that time that blew up. Our solar system pretty bad. We lost the planet. And Mars is dead. Is a dead cord, no magnetosphere, nothing. It takes on full gamuts out dancing. It's actually smaller now than it was then. And Earth became uh, pushed into the Capricorn seed. And uh, they decided, okay, let's put them here. They move us out. I've heard this before. I'm just transcribing an interview from a gentleman from Texas. Ron is his name. That's what they told him. We were originally from Mars and we were planted here. And I'm like, yep, that's what Dolly told me. This is what several. So there's a famous Joe McMonagall remote viewing session, and you can find it on the CIA's declassified website, his actual physical copy of what he saw. But what they did is they asked him to remote view Mars a million years into the past. And they didn't see anything. They said, well, just keep going back until you find something. And he found a dying civilization. People were much... Taller but thinner. Yeah, I can imagine them being taller. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Some people had left. Some people had stayed. They were talking about some event, either geologic or, as you said, Dolly, something that was solar. I don't know if you pointed to it, but they talked about like geologic instability of some sort. But they were kind of hibernating. And there was like this sense of sadness, like a philosophical. They had chosen the way they were going to walk off. And then there was also some sense of that they sent people out to another place they had found that was heavily volcanic, 
could have been Earth at an earlier it stage. Was Earth. It could have been Earth is unstable as all get out. It took a bad hit during that particular iteration, and our our core is not solidly ground. It's not going to continue. It bubbles out. It wobbles as all kinds of bubbles. Yeah, we we are not from this solar system. Our actual origin is in the Iraq cluster. Okay, we come from these people. When I say they are our progenitors, I'm not joking around. They are our progenitors, and they brought us out to give us a chance to evolve. When you reach a certain point, you are watching civilizations occur around you when you're that advanced. You kind of want to help them and you bring them out and you give them places to be and you teach them things that they need to know to evolve. And this is what we are. We were children of theirs. We were brought out to evolve and we're supposed to be doing that. I'm not going to go any further than that. I have ideas about this and I know that we're all learning, okay? It's hard. But that's who we are. We are their children. We're massively all children in the same universe, all together, that are on different points of learning and evolving. That's all we are. In your experience, how do they view the, the group that's behind everything in terms of humanity? The people who are trying to retain power and influence and trying to shut all this stuff down. How do they view those folks? Just they misguided? Them, they're disappointed. But they have chosen what they're doing, and they are allowed to because they're autonomous as we are. What they are exactly doing to themselves, I have an idea. I've been educated in it a little bit, and it is my belief so far at this moment in my life, my existence, my understanding, that you can take yourself out of existence if you so desire. In other words, you can you can keep going so negative that you just no longer exist. I, I'm kind of thinking that that's a thing. I'm not 100% positive about it. But so, 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 Dolly, let me build on that. So, again, I keep telling all these stories, but I'm trying to integrate all the things that I've learned from prior interviews. So, again, Lynn Buchanan, he was given blind targets. Uh, I don't know if they were double blind or single blind, but he was asked to remote view... 64 different people over different periods of time. And he would be asked, view this person at this time period and then view them at this time period. What he wasn't told was they were being remote viewed an instant before their death and then the instant after death. Yeah. Now, granted, it's a sample size of 64. So right. that doesn't mean he's seen all the possibilities. But as he described it, he saw some people went to a place that he would describe as heaven, which is absolute beauty, etc. Some people went to a horrific place that he would describe as hell. It doesn't mean it's hell, but we're, we're talking it was just... about this. He's the one with the information. I have not had an interest to do this, but oh my God, he has. And he has actually gone there. He knows. So, well, I'm about to get to what you said because it actually fits it. So, the the third possibility is this, you know, reincarnation piece. That again, this is just what he saw in his remote viewing session. So, take that even take that with a grain of salt too. Like that's you know, you can't it can't be independently corroborated in a scientific manner, right? But the fourth way freaked him out. 
And that was this winking out of existence. He did not know what to make of it. And this is the first time I've heard anybody else mention or provide a an explanation behind it. An alternative explanation could be they just went to a different frequency or they went to some place that he didn't understand. But this could be an alternative. You want to say more about this theory about winking out of existence? You can lose your light. You can drop your energy to the point that your light extinguishes. That's what I believe. That's the I've heard this from other... There's a astral traveler by the name of Bruce Mullen. He's passed away, but he wrote a series of five books. And he had this question as well and was quite upset when they told him that there are some people who do make this decision to go down the wrong path towards ultimate evil and at some point are in essence recycled they don't completely disappear but then as an entity an inviolate entity end and he did not like it but they said this is not as bad a deal as you think they get another chance it won't be them but yeah, some people as an entity take the wrong direction and that's it. They're done. But is this something they do in one lifetime or does it take several lifetimes to just degrade? Yeah. If you read the works of Marilyn Hughes, she talks about people who've made this decision and they put in lower, lower realms and they give them an opportunity. This is in classic religious literature as well. There's usually a way out of hell by turning up towards the light. And I think that that's true. And I've explored these lower realms out of body myself, as Dolly was mentioning. And by lower realms, you mean what Lynn, B well, I mean, it's hard to tell. But what people what would describe as hell. I'm not a religious guy, honestly. Right. I just right. was not raised that way. But having been out of body into the upper realms, I'm like, wow, this is very heavenly. I'm like, this is what people would describe as heaven. And having had some people who had problems on life and going to try to find them, I found myself in lower realms. And hmm. and uh, hearing other people's accounts of visiting there, I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. It's unpleasant. And I uh, recently <laughs> had just three days ago an unpleasant experience with what I would call demonic beings. Like, All right, Preston, you know I'm going to take, we're going to take, even though we're talking a number, I, I have to take it there if it happened three days ago because that, the audience is going to want to hear it if you're comfortable discussing it. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I, I find this stuff fascinating, but I basically found myself being flattered very much by these people who were like, you're a great person and you're all of this and boy, you're the bomb and we love you. And I, a little bit untrustworthy of people who are overly flattering. And I started right. to become more lucid. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out of body. Yeah. And I'm looking at these people. I'm like, and then they basically attacked me. And their appearance changed to, I don't want to call it classic demonic, but because there weren't horns or anything, but evil, <laughs> evil in their eyes, a lot of gnashing and just rage, utter rage when I realized who they were. I'm like, you guys are bad. <laughs> Get away from me. When you're out of body, you can fly. I'm flying around and they're coming after me. And there was a crowd of them. I had to encase myself in light. That made them really angry. I'm like, this is yeah, not Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that if you <laughs> pulse light. Again, I haven't been able to do any of this stuff, at least consciously. But I hear if you pulse light, that's the way you get rid of them. I've certainly read about this. And I've taken little brief forays, but this was a deep one. This, I think I went lower than I really wanted to. <laughs> 
or intended to and ended up like, you know what, this is not good for me. So I started reaching, going up to upper realms, going through these barriers, doom, 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 which I'm not sure how to describe other than that they're sort of the veils between the worlds or the dimensions is what it felt like to me. And that seemed to filter them out. At one point I saw my brother <laughs> who I was kind of looking for him because <laughs> I haven't find, found him on the higher realms. He died of alcoholism and had some issues. But I saw him and I'm like, hey, and he wouldn't look at me. He's you know, got still some guilt problems, I think. And I don't know. I don't want to get too into it. It's very personal. But yeah, that's kind of why I found myself down there. I'm looking for him. I want to find out what's up. And he was not that down low. I had gone down too low. But I had another friend who died of alcoholism and he was way down there. But I eventually helped him get up and other people did too. There's a lot to this. I could talk for hours on all the different realms. But yeah, I absolutely think that there are places that are quite, you would not want to be there. It's terrible. People are screaming. They're in despair. They're absolutely self-involved. They are angry, raging angry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. When Lynn B. Cannon recounted his experience, he said that when they, and again, he wasn't intending to go there. He was just given a target of an individual who went there and he wouldn't be able to sleep because of the nightmares that he would have after having been there for quite some time. So you said they would chase you, but when you went to sleep in that lucid dream, did you intend to go there or did they drag you there? To a certain extent, yeah, I intended. Because each night I go to bed, I'm like, I, I want to focus on you know finding my brother. So that has been an intent. I try to go out of body every night. Right. Preston is, I want to make a point here. He's not lucid dreaming. He's absolutely leaving his body and going yeah. out. Uh, you lucid dream or you dream at night is not really a dream, just so you understand. You're actually actually projecting every night. Your consciousness couldn't stay in one place if you wanted it. Okay? Your physical body doesn't entrap it. It indwells. Your consciousness indwells your body. So you are leaving and checking stuff out every night. You think of it as a dream because you're trying to understand it. Your physical mind isn't in full contact with yourself. So it's important to get that, okay? He does astral project every single night. Yeah, I just I just have bizarre dreams that make no sense. I'll give you a quick one. I, I had a dream where I took all this equipment to Russia. And as soon as I got there, I would look behind me and they would like, <laughs> you know, it was like a Russian corruption dream. Whereas everything would be replaced with some cartoonish version of... <laughs> whatever I brought in. I'm like, hey, I brought that in. Like, that's not what it is. Oh, yes, it is. And like, you there know, I, I don't... There. What's that? There may be a message there. I mean, each dream yeah. does have a... Yeah. Probably you I tell do. me, you tell me other than my distrust of, other than something that is stereotypical and like not fair to the Russian well, mindset. You could figure it out, Sean. Okay, so anyway, we're talking about lucid dreams, which are likely astral projection. I... I related a well, very bizarre Russia, um, kind of intrigued me because there was a message there, <laughs> uh, but only you could unravel it. I mean, cause the corruption is what you're pointing towards. I think in that dream, keep a diary, 
Every time you dream, wake up and write it down. And remember what was going on around you. What were you hearing that day before or even a week before? Keep a diary, a journal of what's going on around you and what you're dreaming. And you'll see it. It'll suddenly pop into your head. Oh, my God, I know what this is. And you'll figure it out. It sounds like well, you're talking so- about technology and it's being turned into cartoonish. It's like that's the suppression of technology, yeah. the misuse of technology. Well, yeah, there's also a feeling of paranoia where, you know, I'm bringing equipment into a country and I'm surrounded by people that I can't You might actually trust. That occur. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like a remote, your symbolic interpretation of, mm-hmm. of a remote viewing and out-of-body experience. Yeah. I want to make a point here. Remote viewing is conscious OBE, where you're not leaving your body totally. You're only letting the aspect of your mind leave. Okay. You're projecting uh, your consciousness, but you're not leaving your you're body. Projecting your consciousness out. You're projecting into this body, and you can project somewhere else at the same time. And it is the form of OBD. It is the simplest form of OBD there is. So your consciousness can really do anything or go anywhere or do anything it wants to do at any time. Okay? So separating remote viewing from OBD is not a good idea. It's the same thing. You're just doing it during the daytime and you're fully conscious while you do it. You're operating psychically, openly psychically. So it's almost like gradations, right? You're you're sending out a a smaller portion of your consciousness elsewhere as opposed to your entire consciousness. So going back to the experience of developing a relationship, how do you know you don't already have one? So we talked about contactees who are completely unaware that they've had those experiences. How can you determine if you do? Everyone does. Yeah. That's a part of being an entity, a human, a person in this universe. We have relationships with everyone and all. And I think some people are full on contactees because that's their mission. That's what they came down to do. And if you want to reach out, you can and develop a greater awareness of it. It's not uncommon. You know, I, I remember I interviewed it's, it's actually that guy in England who t- saw shadow people. He says, Preston, you know, you said, what, one in 40 people have had contact? I'm like, yeah, I think it's around there. He says, mm, mm-hmm. I think it's everybody. Yeah. And I asked Dolly about that. She's like, yeah, he's absolutely right on. But it's degrees of it. Some people are inspired. Some people aren't aware. They're just getting the idea of it. But nobody is completely closed off to a relationship with ETs as any, anywhere right. in the world up to each other. We all have a relationship with everybody on this planet, and that includes off this planet. Am I right, Dolly? Yes. <laughs> okay, Dolly, any final words for folks who are at a similar spot where I am, where we're trying to traverse the chasm between belief and knowledge? How do we traverse that chasm? Well, admit to yourself, first of all, that you're fully conscious being, that you are who you are, okay? You know you're alive. I am what I am, right? And take that knowledge one step further, and you open your mind and allow what is to come in, reality, real truth. That's all it is. You have the ability to hear it. You can transmit to it and receive from it. Learn how to do that. Use your abilities. Play that game. 
let your child help you walk through the process. Become psychic with them, with your wife. Develop the rapport amongst yourselves so that when that gate opens in your head, you will all be joyous beyond belief, okay? And then you'll start hearing everybody else thinking, and you'll hear the truth. Read. Give your knowledge a boost. Stretch your brain. Make it pliable again. Clean up. If you do incrementally these things, one at a time or all at the time, but persevere. Do not stop. It will happen. Go with that. You got it. Thank when you're you, a baby and you're learning to walk and talk, you don't see that baby stop and say, well, I'm not doing that this week. I can't do it. No. Okay? Right. You're a baby. Come on. You can do this. Yeah. And I would just add to that, relax. Relaxation is the key to a lot of things. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you know anything about me, Preston, I, I am rather intense. So <laughs> that is probably the biggest barrier for me. Relax. Have fun. Don't overthink things. Thought, to a certain extent, as valuable as it is, can also lead to delusion. You have a tendency to label everything. Like, that's yeah. a tree. Stop. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. tree, but don't And I have a personal message for you. It's the last thing I'm going to say to you. Feel your feels okay turn this shut up feel your feels okay listen yeah <laughs> all right thank you everyone it has been an yeah. absolute pleasure and hopefully at some point in the future we'll do another one okay anytime you know i love talking to you sean <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys are well beyond me so in terms of knowledge and so i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed this video, hit like and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.